Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forever Mighty Post Game Show podcast. Obviously, uh, this is a special edition as we have a very special guest who's made some time to spend with us this morning. We got Ricard Gronberg. Ricard, how are you doing today, man? Uh, a little bit jet lag, but other than that, it's pretty good. Oh yeah, you you were just saying you flew in last night, so he's, you're out in uh, in Chicago to. Uh, what are you doing in Chicago exactly? Uh, I'm gonna w- watch the game here tonight, uh, Chicago, LA. Um, you know, meet the Swedish players and start uh, start uh, kind of get an idea what kind of players I'm gonna be able to use in the, in the World Championships in, in May here in Bratislava. Ah, oh, yeah, there you go. So a little bit of scouting and, and a little <laughs> bit of fun, huh? <laughs> Yeah, no, no, exactly. Uh, you know, jet lag. I'm, I was up at the gym at six o'clock in the morning here, so I just got done with that, and now I'm sitting down with you guys. Oh, well, we appreciate it, man. So, just to get into it here, uh, we just kind of want to give everybody a little bit of background. So, if you could just tell us a little bit about where you, where you've been and what you what you're doing currently. You know, uh, just to I know you said you're scouting players for the World Juniors, but uh, what's what's been going on for you? No, actually, the World Championships. The world Championships. Uh, I really don't have. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be in May. Uh, I'm uh, um, obviously uh, been in the U.S. for for quite some time. I'm a U.S. citizen. Uh, I, I came over and played uh, played college hockey at St. Cloud State University. And uh, back then it was WCHA. Now it's uh, it's a different uh, league. They formed a different league there. But uh, uh, play college hockey. Um, probably best time of my life with uh, with everything in the school. You know, obviously. Uh, you know, doing schoolwork at the same time as playing hockey is, is pretty pretty amazing thing to do. And um, after I was done, I had three years of eligibility there. I, I uh, moved back to Sweden. I uh, uh, back to to uh, uh, Stockholm and, and finished off my career there for a couple of years. And and when I got back to uh, the U.S., I, uh, I went back to school and I was going to finish my degree in, in St. Cloud. And in St. Cloud, they asked me to uh, become a graduate assistant. And that was my my first year of, of dipping my toe into the coaching profession. Um, so, and uh, that was uh, almost uh, 20 years ago. So, I mean, uh, I've been I've been coaching since then. Uh, 
you know, the last 10 years I've been with the Swedish national team um, and I worked myself from uh, work, being a head coach in under 18 up to under 20 and now I'm the head coach for the national team. Um, so um, to make a short, a long story short there, that's kind of my, my career coaching. I, I coach at different levels in the U.S., obviously, uh, U.S. and Canada. I'm uh, uh, coaching different junior leagues in the U.S. I coached in the, in the CHL, Canadian Hockey League, and uh, one year with Spokane Chiefs, a U.S.-based team in the, in the Canadian Hockey League. Um, and then uh, I, uh, I also coached in, in college, like I said, and so before I moved over to U, moved back to Sweden. Um, so I've been there for the last, last 10 years. Well, that was that was one of my other questions too. Is uh, I mean, you played for St. Cloud and then ended up, like you said, going back and, and coaching. How do you go from being a hockey player to a hockey coach? Kind of is that is that something you've always kind of wanted to do? Is that just kind of was in you to go back and and uh, and you know help people come up through the system? Absolutely not. I have no. I didn't. Uh, I had no. Uh, I was so far from a coach. I think as a player, you know, obviously as a player, you're thinking about you know what you need to do next shift or what you need to do next practice, and and uh, obviously you're, you're always a team player. You're always trying to do what's right for the team, but you obviously you focus on what you're supposed to do. And and uh, uh, I was pretty, you know, that's kind of, that was kind of my world until uh, you know I got back and, and talked to the coach there, and uh, you know uh, after talking to him, talking to him for for an hour or so, he, he thought you. You know, hey, you'd be a perfect guy for a graduate assistant job and helping us push pucks the first year and and see, uh, you know. And I thought it was a pretty good transition too, from from being a player for for so many years and then and uh, uh, not playing. I thought it was a pretty good transition to to uh, quote unquote regular life. Yeah, and, and in your playing career, you made that decision to come over to North America from Sweden, and we're seeing a lot more players start to do that either right before they're drafted or right after. Um, like most recently, Adam Bockvist came over to, to come play in the CHL, and Isaac Lindstrom came over to play for the Ducks, and now he chose to stay in the AHL instead of going back to the Swedish Hockey League. For, speaking from experience, what goes into a decision like that, and how hard can it be to transition to the North American style of play? Well, first of all, those guys are were a little bit more highly touted than I was. But um, no, it, it's I think it's a uh, everyone needs to do their own uh, own uh, uh, ride if you like. Uh, they need to make their own decision what's best for you at that point of time. And uh, I think we we're doing a great job in Sweden on developing um, talent. Uh, I think that's obviously evident with with the players we produce into National Hockey League and and also the success we had in the different World Championships. So um, so I think the environment in Sweden is really good. But sooner or later, for for these guys, uh, their biggest dream is obviously to to play in a National Hockey League. And um, and the fastest way to do that, I don't know what's the best way to do it, but I think it's pretty individual. Um, you know, if if you're moving over here, obviously you get accustomed to the culture and and playing in smaller rinks and stuff but i also at home you you you, you can uh, slowly develop into a, an elite player and, and do it in your own uh, your own uh, time so um it, it, i think it's a personal journey and, and decision you need to make together with uh, the people around that surround yourself with so uh, but uh, for me for me it was it was a perfect uh, perfect way of, of actually getting education and and you know playing the same tie in a high level um i, I think uh, uh, that was my biggest draw to it yeah, and looking at one of those up-and-coming players in, in Rasmus Dahlin, uh, just how good is he? Because he was the first uh, first overall draft pick from Sweden since Matt Sundin, so definitely a lot of high expectations from him. 
Yeah, and, and there should be high expectations. I, I think at the same time, you're going to understand the guy is uh, is 18 years old and, and uh, he needs to develop at his own pace. But uh, I think it's proven over the last couple of years and shown over the past couple of years in, in Swedish uh, Hockey League, which is a very good league, uh, that uh, he, he's an elite uh, defender and, and will be an elite defender in National Hockey League uh, uh, and, and is already. Uh, I think the first few games here, I, he, he's already established himself. But, um, you know, I think we have quite a few defensemen coming out of, of Sweden right now and, and, and you know, you already mentioned Bullquist and a couple other guys that are young guys that that, that they're trying to make him, make himself uh, uh, elite defenseman in National Hockey League, and um, and I think we've done a great job of doing. And I think uh, there, there's different reasons why we have so many defensemen moving up to National Hockey League. I think the the main thing is that uh, we're we're uh, we're proponents of of uh, uh, you know development skills, and 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 also uh, I think uh, you know with Lidstrom and other elite defensemen. Um, you know, older defensemen that, that they, these guys have as idols. They, they they had the tendency of becoming defensemen, some of our best players. So, so uh, there, there are a few a uh, few examples of, of I think the things that making us develop so many defensemen. Yeah, and along the the same lines that you have experience in both coaching veterans and some of the younger kids. Do you have to change your coaching style at all between coaching the the kids versus some of the the older guys in the uh, the national team? There, there's no question. I mean, first of all, you have to have interest in, in, in the, the players of today. There's such a different environment from when I grew up. Uh, I mean, we, uh, you know, when I grew up, I, I had the baby boomers were my coaches, you know. Um, and yeah. uh, uh, there's there's a different style. If I just implemented stuff that they were doing and successful with at that point in time, I, I wouldn't be a very good coach. So um, I need to show curiosity and in, in, in the players of today, what, what's, uh, uh, what's making them tick. I think the main thing right now is that they're so eager of getting feedback all the time. You know, it's and then I'm talking about the smallest little details sometimes, and and then you have to make time for that. Uh, I think uh, you know in their environment with with uh, all the social media, everything else, where they give feedback all instantly, and uh, they're they're so uh, accustomed to that. And if you if you don't give them feedback, it's going to be tough for them. Um, uh, that's that's just one thing. But you know, mainly to to try and understand what they're coming from and their perspective, I think uh, is very important for us uh, as coaches. And which do you prefer? Do you prefer uh, coaching the kids or the vets? You, you know what? It's a different challenge. I, I really I can't say. There, there's always, uh, I think, rewards at the end. Uh, either one. I think the interest in, in the person itself, it's, it's really important. I mean, just because two people are born in the same year doesn't mean that they're the same thing. Same things are taken for each other, you know. So, yeah. uh, each one of those guys. So it, it's it's really important for for me to get interested in, in the in the person and, and try to uh, make him tick. And I think that the more um, the more relationship you have with the player, I think the the more you could be on him. I think uh, you can be make him more accountable in and in, uh, in their actions if you have built a relationship. And 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 it's a two way street. You can't just expect them to to, to listen to everything you got. Uh, give them if, if you don't have no interest in them so um you know it's uh, but same time i, I think uh, uh, it, it doesn't really matter i think it, it it's, it's it, it, you need to identify each individual and, and make sure that they uh you know uh, you know the biggest thing for, for me as a coach is to make them uh, the best hockey players possible if i can if succeed of, of helping the players to become great hockey players i think we have a pretty good hockey team so all right, cool. Um, now there are a lot of European uh, European players in the NHL. I think the the last one I saw something like thirty percent of the NHL is now European players. Um, when do you think there are going to be more European coaches? Because that seems to be a uh, far smaller percentage. 
That's a that's a great question. I I, I consider myself more of a hybrid, uh, perfectly honest. If, if you start there, but you know, I, I I I coach against some great coaches in North America. I coach against some great great coaches in Europe, uh, and uh, they're 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 great minds about hockey in, in both places. So um, I think it's just a matter of. Uh, making a decision that uh, or will go outside the bounds a little bit uh, for for the decision makers and and uh, maybe have interest in in, in European coaches I, I, uh, the game is so uh, um, I mean the game is so small right now when it comes to knowing exactly what each other is doing I'm talking about you know if I coach against the Russians or Finns or or the Slovaks I, I think I have a pretty good idea what they're going to do but it's it's so universal uh, and you know there's so similar things that uh, you bring up and and I think we're all stealing from each other and the same thing with North Americans um, so I think it's just a matter of time I think it's just a matter of uh, you know people that, that are making those decisions they're, they're not very many jobs first of all uh, and you only <laughs> yeah. have 31 teams so uh, but uh, I think uh, um, I think it's a two-way street of, of European coaches making more more available and, and, and the decision makers over North America to have more interest in European coaches yeah, do you think the GMs are maybe a little hesitant just because of the perceived differences in styles between a North American game and the European game, as they say? But I don't think it is anymore. No. I think it's a pretty universal thing. I, like I said, there's always certain things that are with the, with the Russian national teams or the, or the Finns that they're it's kind of their DNA or the core of how they're coaching and and and, uh, and the way they're playing. But at the same time, I think uh, it's it's very universal because you know when you get to those big tournaments, I'm talking Olympics with NHL players or the World Cups or even the World Championships, when NHL players coming back to the national teams, they're used to play in North American rinks and, and North American against the North American players in the North American environment. So, uh, and and those are the type of players that I've been coaching the last few years. So it would be kind of stupid of me to, to try to you know <laughs> play in the, the way the Swedes did in 1995 uh, and, and expect to have success that way. So um, I, I think the, the game right now is so universal. Uh, I don't think it's a big difference. It, it, there's there's some tactical difference when it comes to, to, to a larger or smaller rank. But um, other than that, I, I think uh, the way you, you, you work on the players, the, the way you, um, you know, preparing the players before the game is, is I think I feel it's pretty universal. Okay. Uh, you've also said, and I agree with it, uh, NHL teams are very re- reactionary. Like right now, the thing is to play fast. That's that's what everyone's trying to do because speed seemed to work for teams in the last couple of seasons. Uh, everyone tries to copy what worked the season before. So do you think that's really the best approach in the NHL? Well, NHL is so broad, but there's you got to look at your own team and then see, okay, what are our strengths? Um, and uh, you know, we always sit down with uh, with our national team and, and we're looking at what, what what kind of players we have on a team and and what our strengths are uh, at just at, at at this you know the 25 or 30 players we have and and somehow trying to uh, get a system working for for that those type of players and and get the games into what our strengths. I think that's not that's the number one thing you have to do as an organization is to identify where we at but also where we're going and, and i'm talking now the, the draft picks and everything else these are the guys are coming in uh but you know when it comes to to winning every day you need to, to identify what, what our strengths are and try to get the games into uh the strengths of, of your team um so you know i i, I like uh I, i'm more of an active versus uh, a reactive kind of a game and I'm, I'm saying that is that you know instead of uh, uh reacting to everything the opponents are doing you need to be active out there with or without the puck i mean we're talking more in those type of terms 
then that needs to go fast, fast, fast. Um, you know, one example of that is, is the World Cup team. We had a little older team. We 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 thought our strengths were our defensemen, obviously Lundqvist and Nett and our defensemen, but also very smart centers. They're, they're not very quick, but they're, they're very smart. So we try to get the games into that type of um, t- that type of strengths, um, and I think we successfully did that. And versus you know last uh, World Championship team, we had quite a bit up upfront speed. We made our systems and, and our tactics towards that, and I, it was very successful. That obviously going uh, going blank through the, the World Championship and winning it, winning all the games there. So you need to assess what what kind of team you had and, and make a system that works for your team. Now you are obviously the goal for you now is to try and be a head coach in the NHL. That's kind of like the dream job. Um, but if it doesn't quite happen right out of the gate, uh, are you still willing to entertain the idea of starting in the minors or the NCAA uh, first and kind of working your way up through that way? You know what? What's what's next for me? I right now I'm I'm curious myself. I uh, uh, I'm I'm focusing on my job, and that's why I'm here in Chicago right now. Go watch the game and start. You know, we played our first tournament here, and and, and do as good of a job uh, as possible this season. And and uh, I'm I'm sure that if I do a good enough job, there's going to be some interest out there. And and where that interest is at, I I don't know yet. Not right now. I'm uh, identifying. Uh, certain interests from from certain people at, at, at different leagues, uh, and uh, I'll make a decision that uh, uh, that's going to be the most of a challenge for me. Uh, and and um, so it's uh, very speculative of me right now to to mention one team or or uh, this is where I go or even one league. Perfectly honest with you, um, I, I'm just curious what the, what the next step is. I, I just feel like uh, the federation want to extend uh, my contract to have another three years, but you know I, I felt you know being here for 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 ten years with the with the Swedish national hockey. Uh, with the Swedish national hockey teams, uh, I, I just felt it's time for me to move on, and uh, um, so it's uh, I'm, I'm as curious as you are. Well, I mean, tons of I mean, tons of success, obviously. So why not go to the next challenge, right? I I kind of feel like that's that's a good move. And you know, speaking just though to uh, the Swedish national team, I mean, you've had a chance to work with uh, Isaac Lundström, and and he was probably Sweden's most consistent forward in terms of generating offense at the World Juniors. Were you surprised to see him make the Ducks right out of camp? Uh, no, no. I, he he has the top end skills. I, I think uh, in the size and it competes. He has all the ingredients of being a really good uh, good forward. Uh, the biggest thing for me is just get experience. Um, you know, he uh, he uh, you know he played in Lulio and, and did a great job up there and and, and get some national team experience. He got some obviously junior national team experience. Uh, and it'd be interesting to see if the Ducks will let him go and play the Junior World Championships this year again because he he'd be the top top forward this year for sure. Um, so. Um, you know, I, I wasn't surprised. Uh, I, I think uh, uh, it's be interesting to see what the next step for, with him and, and the Ducks and what, what they're deciding on. I think it's good for him to, to maybe go down and play some more minutes and, and uh, to make the next step. Yeah, he was really impressive. Uh, I, I was one. I was when I, we were watching him in camp and then watching him come into the beginning of the season. I was like, he doesn't look out of place at all. And you know, one of the defining traits that a lot of us Ducks fans have picked up on is his, his responsibility with the puck. I mean, that it just it was just glaring when you watch the game and when he has it um how much do you think that has to do with the fact he was playing in the shl for the last two seasons i mean not many players his age accomplished that 
No, no, it's 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 a tough league to break in, and and it's a fast league. Uh, you know, you're talking about speed, and and it's a very fast league. I, I think uh, uh, he 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 he's done a great job with Lulio. I think he he got the chance to play with us in the national team with the, with the senior men's national team, and and did a really good job with with that. Um, you know, uh, it was the first time I I worked with him last year, and I played a few national team games there, and and, and did a really good job. Uh, and uh, uh, I agree with you. His responsibility with the puck, and 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 also, uh, you know, he, he can he can challenge you one on one, and a lot of times on smartness. So uh, I think uh, you know I, I think that the, the Anaheim's got a really good player there. It's just uh, what's the next step for him, and and that's what I think they're trying to figure out that, that he needs some more minutes, and that's why they send him down probably. Yeah, I think it'll be good for his development to get some time in the AHL. But uh, on the topic of World Juniors, um, you know, despite likely losing Elias Pettersson and Rasmus Dahlin to their NHL teams, how do you think Sweden sets up for this year's tournament? Uh, you know, they had a tough showing last weekend, uh, perfectly honest with you. Uh, but uh, it, the way it looks right now is it can get, you know, a Buquist and Lily Grant that plays for Marley's. Uh, um, you know, they have uh, Sandine that plays for Marley's. Um, you know, they have, you know, quite a few uh, defensemen, first-round defensemen. If you can get three or four of those uh, to the national team, I think you'd be pretty good. Um, they have had problems scoring, uh, and that's what uh, Isaac would uh, be perfect to, to come in and, and help out with yeah. the forwards, you know. Uh, but uh, I think they're going to fare up uh, pretty well. Uh, the defensive core, if they can get those uh, defensemen, which it looks like uh, they are going to get now, I think they uh, they should be able to compete like they do every year. And who's a player you think could shine that maybe people haven't heard about? Maybe a first-year guy who's eligible for the draft this year or somebody who uh, might step up that you don't normally expect? Boy, it's such a, such a broad question. <laughs> uh, it's a tough one. I... Um, I, I got to work with first time working last week and with uh, Jesper Selgren, uh, plays now in Lulio as well as from Muda originally. Um, he, uh, Selgren was, uh, was really good with us when we played the, the Russians, the Finns, and the Czechs last weekend. And he's such a, he played in the Junior World Championship team last year. He's too old this year, but he's a born 98. Uh, I think he can be a, uh, tre- tre- tremendous defenseman, uh, a great skater. He moves the puck so well. Uh, and he's shown that in SHL this year. It's his first year in SHL. So, uh, he's a player to watch for sure. And, and kind of switching gears a bit, uh, recently the NHL brought back the China Games in the Global Series in 2017. Uh, speaking specifically about Sweden, how is important? How important is it for the fans and young hockey players there to be able to experience a, a regular season NHL game? Uh, very important. I think that's uh, that's just just brought in a great game. I, I think uh, uh, it's, it's important for NHL to to to. You know, obviously, uh, come over with sort of fans over in, in, in Europe and, and other places in the world can get to see uh, you know these players live. So I think it's a great move. Uh, my understanding is that I got to keep doing this. Uh, I was at the game in, in, in Gothenburg and, and, and watched uh, Jersey and Edmonton play, and, and it was a great spectacle. I think it was a uh, you know sold out crowds, and it was a big big party before and, and everything else. So obviously, NHL draws in in, in Europe. Uh, and uh, I think you should keep keep doing it. And then also for for the young players, this, this is where I want to play. And you know, I never had that. I mean, I was watching a Super Eight movie in in, in the hockey school in summers. That's the only <laughs> the only time I got to watch NHL when I grew up. So it's now it's everything is so accessible, and and, and even the teams are coming over to Europe and and uh, and playing. I think that's 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 really good for the for the the, the brand uh, of NHL and and for those young players to have something to strive towards.
Yeah, and kind of on the same lines of that, one thing we've discussed on our show recently is the talks about the NHL eventually expanding into Europe. I wonder what your thoughts are on a t- uh, on that and how a team, an NHL team based out of Sweden, would help hockey develop in the country. Uh, you know what? It's it's been talk about NHL expanding into Europe. I, I don't I don't think that's going to happen in my lifetime. But uh, uh, you know, even even KHL has been uh, trying to make moves towards Sweden. And they have a Finnish team already. Uh, so it's uh, you know, Sweden is kind of right in between there. I think uh, um, Swedish players' dream is to play in the National Hockey League in no other league. Uh, there, there's no question of that. Um, obviously, SHL as well, but. Uh, you know, I, I it's uh, I think right now the expansion going on in, in North America has been tremendous. I think uh, as many people are are uh, are uh, not happy with all the the, the the work blockages and stuff like that, um, the lockouts. Uh, I think uh, the, the game has really been. Um, I think the franchise is in a really good state right now. I think you know the next move. What I understand is going to be Seattle. I think that's an excellent move. Um, you know, are there more cities in, in North America? They're 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 you know uh, waiting to to uh, get an NHL team. I, I don't know this, the whole story there, but uh, uh, I think it's uh, I think it's pretty far away from from uh, an NHL team in, in, in Europe right now. Okay, so here comes a loaded um, uh, Homer question. Uh, so there are a lot of Ducks fans uh, that know about you and know that you're obviously Swedish. And there are many who call Anaheim Swedenheim because of how many uh, Swedish draft picks we've got already in our lineup. Uh, plus, you have some experience with some of those guys. Doesn't it seem like a perfect fit to come here? I mean, the weather alone is enough for most, right? Yeah, 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 no question. I, I love California. I love Southern California, especially. So, uh, you know, I know it's it's. Uh, I, I think uh, I think the players I work with from the Anaheim organization has been tremendous players and, and tremendous people. Uh, there's no question of that. I think uh, uh, in, in right now, obviously, uh, Anaheim in a, in, a, in a kind of a, a little bit of a, of a change of guards, if you like, when it comes to the player personnel. Um, I think the new generation is uh, getting more and more ice time and, and, and moving up the, the ranks on uh, the team. So it's, it's, uh, it's, I'm sure it's a little bit of a challenge there. Uh, but uh, at the same time, uh, uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, I think at the end, I, I think Anaheim and I have an excellent chance of, of making uh, the playoffs. Uh, so uh, to answer your question, I, uh, you know, uh, my, my, my goal as a coach is obviously try to get a break in the National Hockey League. What is that? I, I don't know, uh, but uh, uh, you know, if there's a lot of Swedes or not on the team, uh, Swedes would help out, and any player I worked with before would help out because you already started a relationship with them. But uh, uh, it, it is a pretty loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> sure. we, we had to throw a curveball in at the end of there for you, just for all of our Ducks fans. And I mean, everyone's been talking you, about you around here, so we had to get you on. Ricard, we really appreciate your time. We know you're very busy. Uh, enjoy your time in Chicago, and uh, hopefully we'll have you on. Uh, you know, once again and wait down the line here, maybe when you're back and when you get to the NHL. That sounds great. I really appreciate you taking the time and, and inviting me into this uh, this podcast. Thank you. All right, take care. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Bye.